0: Welcome to Credo's podcast series on Education Entrepreneurs. In this series, we are going to be interviewing some very, very exciting entrepreneurs who have had some amazing journeys in early education, who have set up on some very exciting journeys to set up and establish their own preschools. Today, we bring to you one such very, very exciting entrepreneur, This is Lakshmi Rampurthy, who is the founder of Omega Academy. AMIGA has a very, very unique and interesting model. They bring free education to schools in rural areas across parts of Karnataka and Nadu, And they interestingly partner with the government in one such, in a very, very unique way to ensure that children in tribal areas, uh, children in places where there is no access to you know, quality education, actually get access to activity-based learning. We at Trido have been very excited to partner with them, and in this episode, we hope to discover more exciting tidbits about some of the stories that um, they have, both from a perspective of learning, as well as the massive women workforce that they employ. Lakshmi, just want to give us a quick brief about how and why did you really embark on this journey, and how did it begin for you? Sure.
1: So, thank you, Brutilla, at the outset, uh, to you and the credo team. Or, uh, it's an honor to be, part of the, to be invited to the first episode of your series. <laughs> so, after about um, 15 to 17 years in uh, the corporate world, uh, I said, uh, enough is enough. And what sort of um, inspired us to get into this space was uh, a UNICEF India study report that spoke about how important early childhood education is which I was not aware of when my own children went through that phase by the way. So um, it was quite uh, fascinating, that study report. It also spoke about how much of a gap there is in India in this space, right? And how important it is not just for academic development, but the overall personality development of the child that actually takes the child well into his or her adulthood. So that's what uh, inspired me to get into early childhood education uh, in the first place. And then the choice was between Uh, urban and rural India we said definitely rural because uh, urban India for sure has a lot of opportunities and even if you look at uh, whether it is uh, commercial schools or NGOs it's much easier to work in cities right because most of us who are educated and who are more privileged live in the cities so just simpler makes it simpler we said no we won't do that we'll actually take this to where it's needed the most uh, and where it's not available and that's the gap that we are trying to fill so that's how it all began, by the way. So we began with about eight children and two teachers. And like you said, today we are a team of about 40 teachers handling 250 children in 20 centres across Karnataka
0: and Tamta. that's That's amazing. And uh, I know that you picked remote Krishna Kiri, I would say, as one of your first zones, which was uh, where I think we had not seen much access to any kind of education, uh, or let alone quality education, just education by any standards. So, would you like to tell us a little about the, um, the kind of children that come to school, a little bit about the families. How was, how was the experience of actually taking something like this? Sure. So, we don't run sure. our own centers. So,
1: what we do is we collaborate with the government, the state government, Women and Child Development Department. And we offer uh, free education, English media, in rural anganwadi centers. So we have to take the education because the space is there, the children are already there, you know, waiting to be uh, uh, guided. We deploy the material, the learning material, and we hire and train rural women. So in both uh, Montessori and we train them in spoken English. That's been very challenging. And for that, we work with a team of very committed volunteers. Uh, retired school principals, English teachers, professors, or people who are just good at English and are boom makers or people who are pursuing a career and want to do this extra. For all kinds of uh, people, mostly women but there are also men, from various parts of India because all of this is done in the phone, And uh, this has been going on for the last four or five years, very well. Our volunteers have stuck with us for the last four or five years. The biggest challenge that I see in rural private schools is lack of investment in the teachers and because unless we train our teachers the children are not going to get what we want them to get right so that's one thing we decided that that will be a big differentiator we will keep investing in our teachers this is not just a one-week training or a one-month training and we are done A constant refresher training both in english and the pedagogy and the process because once you let it loose it just goes so quality gets diluted. so that's something we do so this is the model and these rural women they are sent to these uh, body centres, we pay the salary obviously of these rural women and um, so this is how it works. So, uh, these, like you said, we've actually chosen remote villages, the remoter the better, you know. <laughs> so, uh, what we do is to, that's a challenge because yeah. not many buses go there. So, this year we launched the E Shakti scheme wherein we got our uh, teachers electric scooters. Oh, a fee. The model is that they pay the town payment so that there's some stake so yeah. they have in it and then the e- monthly EMI is paid for by uh, by the organization in addition to their salary for as long as they work with the organization so a bit of a retention strategy as well.
0: Absolutely and, and that's brilliant yeah. it's not just empowering them to go faster it's um, I think also some responsibility yeah. enhancing their self-worth and, um, and helping them become far more independent and confident by just as simple as having a be
1: so when we started, like you said, Vista, Mega uh, was about empowering children through education. And now we are empowering these women as well. So uh, in enhancing livelihood and, and all of that. Many of our teachers have come and told us, you know, this is a dream come true. I never imagined that I will have a Scooter in my name yeah. and then the other thing is we also encourage them to follow the law so we tell them that if you want the emi then you have to have a valid license you have to have insurance you have to wear a helmet so we're also driving some compliant behavior
0: any interesting yeah. stories that you'd like to share with us about about a teacher or a child or, or the kind of sure
1: sure, sure. Yeah. so in fact it has connection with the credo
0: <laughs> recruitment itself
1: was a challenge because i didn't yeah. know the first thing about krishnagiri so what do you do so i had a manager and then uh, he suggested we put up posters on trees and things like that, and somehow this girl contacted me. And uh, so I said, "You love to travel to Bangalore for a one-week training program," and she said, "Yes." Then the day before your BLT started, I get a call from her saying, "No, my father-in-law is saying no." So <laughs> I had to speak for ninety minutes to her father-in-law to actually convince him to send her to Bangalore. And I'll tell you, my daughter has lived outside the city. I'm not half as worried about her safety as I was. You know, because it was a huge responsibility. Right. Right. And, um, I taught her that she had to keep locking the hotel room door and every morning I would send her a message saying, are you fine? And <laughs> I, every, you know, did you go back? I made sure she was right next door so she didn't have to even cross the yeah. road. But yeah, so it was, um, yeah. it was very different from the corporate world and international travel to Completely, <laughs> I was due to entrepreneurship, to education and to rural India. It was, but it was quite a...
0: I look and very, it's very easy that you actually very start humbling. to all that with the kind of, uh, I mean, these are the kind of challenges that people don't even imagine yeah. having that you have to convince the family to, you know, sort of have people travel, uh, sometimes even convince families to send children to school. Absolutely. Uh, so, which itself is like a whole, whole war by itself.
1: And when we recruit, we even talk to the mother in law. Yeah. If not for anything else, just to match your ego, you know, like we are, we are, you know, respecting your opinion. Are you yeah. okay for your daughter law because
0: at the end of the day we're
1: doing it for women, so yes. you have to make it work for them. Right? So whatever
0: works. So I think uh, sometimes when you work in the corporate world, you sort of forget that uh, um, in, there are still very large parts of India. I would say it's still seventy-five percent of India or eighty percent of India where uh, education or. Jobs are not a one-on-one relationship. It's, it's with the whole family. The whole family. So the family needs to, you know, give their acceptance for a teacher to go to work. Uh, even, even in a regular school, it, the family has to sort of agree really? with that. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of extended family. It's not just family. Some, sometimes we have uh, difficulties like saying, my brother-in-law did not allow me to buy a oh, So, yes. it's... A it's a whole from, 10 people. From, you know, 10 different people. And, um, you know, just... Uh, and to a, sadly, still to a small extent, um, even the girl child coming to school sometimes needs approval which is really a sad state of affairs to see still. Um, so anything that you'd like to share, Lakshmi, in terms of your experience in early education itself. What were parents' reactions when you say schooling is so important at the age of four? What, what did parents say? Interestingly,
1: um, so we first started in Tamil Nadu and in Krishnagiri district, um, fortunately the parents do place a lot of value on education which okay. is good and I was pleasantly surprised but yeah sometimes like you said it's like um, if if funds are a constraint then the boy goes to a premium school and the girl to a not so premium school yeah. or whatever that is since we are anyway doing the Anganwadi model yeah. we are very happy for all the girls to come yeah. because that's free school yeah. we are happy to give her that education so that part is okay but the thing is parents their image of um, education for their child Yeah. Um, unfortunately is my child getting on a school bus wearing a uniform wearing shoes yeah. the content is something that they're not so some of them are not aware they themselves don't have the level of education that, education that's needed to appreciate content and i explained to them why why this is needed and this is not like you know low levels and I explained to them how much value the education actually costs uh some of them who knew that uh, you know were more appreciative of this but uh, that was that was an interesting thing yeah. for them but then the minute the child starts speaking in English, everything is fun. So English is something that's uh, you know has a lot of glamour yeah. appeal. So that's there. Now the second place where we started was in Beyan Hills, Karnataka, which is a group of tribal hamlets. Right. Now there we faced a challenge, it's nothing to do with girl or boy. Parents simply didn't bother to send their children. I think one thing was the Anganwadis did not have that image of being a school. Right. It was a, 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 a daycare centre or a midday meal centre. Right. Even less, it was just a midday meal. You go there, you eat. So if they are not very happy, they said, okay, might as well feed them. And if the if their house was a little bit further away, They'd say, if you want, you come and pick them up and drop them, but I'm not walking with my child that far. Let him just be at home. I found that motivation was much Actually, less. Right. Uh, yeah, lower right. than in uh, right. other rural areas or at least in Tamil Nadu. It's yeah. not a Karnataka thing. I can see that because we've recently also started in Kolegal and uh, Kolar. Right. Uh, and I'm seeing a lot of traction from the day. So, right.
0: So, I mean, and that's quite an amazing model actually that we have seen in terms of somebody uh, actually partnering with an Angirwadi to make it perform. And of course, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about your model in terms of how closely you work with them. But before we get to that, uh, maybe a little bit about your experience of working with the government itself. One thing that, of course, when you said first time that you're going to be working with the Amirpadi sector, Uh, I don't know if we cautioned you, but we were certainly very, very, uh, you know, worried about it, saying, okay, is this going to work, is this scalable? How much resistance are you going to have, like, uh, trying to transform a sector, which is, we all know, has been difficult to work with in the past. So, uh, maybe you want to share a little bit about what your experience has been, working in that space, working with state governments? So, there are two
1: past ways. The government machinery has been quite supportive, in both the states, thankfully. They're quite uh, open to... Public-private partnership, and if we can contribute to, uh, you know, what is offered in the Anganwadi through, you know, trained teachers and things like that, because there is an Anganwadi worker and a helper in every center, as you know, and it's running quite well as far as the health, nutrition needs of the children uh, are concerned, and the midday meal, all the way up to the midday meal, and the care that the children are given, say, if They have working parents, and they need a place to stay. It's a very safe place. So it's a very wonderfully uh, run setup, I would say. Now, when it comes to the education, um, so definitely the Ministry of Women, the Department of Women Child Development has a curriculum and they have, uh, they do give training to the workers, the anganwadi workers. Now, the Anganwadi worker has quite a bit on the plate. She is basically the face of uh, the Anganwadi to the, yeah. to the community. So there's so much going on. And education is something, uh, it's not as effective when it's done in one's spare time. Right? It has yeah. to be done day on day, religiously, rigorously, at a certain and time. And the children need a routine. They yeah. they start at a certain time, they finish at a certain yeah. time, and that helps in their development as well. And that's where yeah. we're going to sort of support. Yeah. And in many of the Anganwadi centers that we support, um, whenever the worker has time, she joins in as well. So sometimes the uh, rhymes in the local language are introduced by her and the English rhymes are introduced by our teacher and it's a nice collaboration. It's nice collab- very nice collaboration. Extra pair of hands is always yeah. good awesome. when, when we are talking about handling toddlers. Yeah. Sometimes the helper is on leave. Yeah. Yeah, and then this lady has to cook and she has to do all her other work and then she has to also yeah. take care of the safety of the children. So. Our uh, teachers uh, sort of kitchen chin at
0: that Yeah, that's that's so like a real example of public private partnerships in, in many ways. Yes. And um, I know for you, a lot of the model works with uh, sponsorships and donations which yes. come in from the various corporates. So uh, anything that you want to talk about on that front end? Terms of sure. So business. we started off with only
1: education. Yeah. We said we will only focus on that. But if the toilet is not functional yeah. or the building has issues, if it's just damp, then our own material is going to get spoiled. It's not good for the children's health either. So we said, no, we are not going to stop with this. So wherever we run our education program, we do infra there. We don't do standalone infra for any Aanganwadi. It's a package. Right. So um, that again, the government has been very happy with that. So we built one full Aanganwadi. We're building a classroom for a government school now. Yeah. And... Um, Uh, We've renovated around almost 10 anganwadi centres with uh, waterproofing, floor tiling, toilets, name it, whatever is needed basically. Government funds can come later, but then if that's taking time, let's just do it. So we have done a lot of infra work uh, since last year. So for the infra work, we've got uh, uh, corporate funding. We've got corporate funding and uh, the other biggest cost for us is our teacher's salaries. These are the two main things, I mean, the learning material of course. Yeah. So learning material also we've started getting corporate funding since last year and uh, we are now CSR certified so it helps us access CSR funds. And uh, for the teacher salaries we've been relying on individual donations from friends, family and whoever you know and we are putting in our, uh, my oh. husband and I are the trustees so we're putting in our own personal funds as well. Yeah. So whenever we fall short uh,
0: you know, we just uh, you know put yeah. in the money and pay so that. That's uh, and that's that's great to hear uh, a, a, a very kind of unique model. Now I I know I you share a lot of videos with me on how your children are learning and every time there's so much excitement uh, and I get thrilled when I receive a video from you from a remote child in the back of beyond of a tribal forest actually coming forward and. Talking with confidence, forget the learning, just the social-emotional quotient of this child. So you want to talk a little bit about which of the maybe one or two of Like you said, the confidence, right? So um, these children, um,
1: so one is, they now want to uh, stand in the place of the teacher and actually take, take class, it. right? Handle mm-hmm. the class. Yeah. And their um, classmates listen and rapt attention. That's the best part of it. So that requires a lot of confidence, actually telling the teacher, I'm going to go up there and take class. Even adults have stage fear, right? Yeah. So, kids, I love that about, uh, you know, what we are doing. So, that is one. Um, and the other one is that they love coming to school. Yeah. Right? So, all the parents tell us that at about 8am or something, he puts on his bag and he says, Why do I have to wait till 9.30? I want to go now. And for me, that's a great win. Because if the child likes coming to school, then uh, everything else yeah. happens automatically and of course, the mixed age grouping, you know the advantages so we can see them sort of uh, teaching one another and learning from uh, the other. So, um, uh, and then again, uh, in terms of the confidence and vocal thinking, I'm seeing that develop a lot. So this child was sitting with this uh, mobile alphabet and then he had the two letter V's. He puts it like this and then he says, he yells, he says, miss, miss, miss. And all of us wrong that thinking he's major or something and he says, I made a wrong this. You know, and
0: brilliant, the, the, brilliant
1: really. Excellent. And they challenged the teachers. The teacher asked what's the colour of a banana? And then he said, White. She said, no yellow. He said, no you open the peel and check it's white. You know, so it actually encourages them to think uh, differently. Yeah. And um, we of course have trained our teachers because a lot of this, the material can be there, the teachers can be there, but unless the philosophy is followed, nothing works. We very religiously follow the philosophy yeah. or at least we tell our teachers. So a lot of audits happen and all that. Please acknowledge that yes, it is indeed white on the inside and yellow on the outside. Yeah. So that's something that, uh, that's yeah. fun." And in terms of outcomes after they graduate from our program, um, yesterday in the annual day a parent came and shared that uh, the first batch of students who were with us in 2019 and moved away. Whichever schools they've gone to, apparently they're all toppers in their respective classes. That is something we were not about (laughs) topping and all that at all. That's again, like you said, an unintended outcome. And I would actually attribute a lot of that to two things. One is the conceptual understanding that the children gain because of the pedagogy and the method and the second one is the confidence with which they are able to approach. Uh, The second thing the parents told us was that uh, none of these children need extra tuitions, whereas their older siblings who didn't go through our program, they are all having to get support from uh, tuition teachers.
0: That's that's really amazing and I remember you religiously attending Several BLTs to make sure that you get the philosophy right, and uh, you know, it, not many entrepreneurs take so much effort. But for you, the scale was always in the back of your head that I need to go and translate this to so many other people, and it's amazing how you know, the teachers have been able to adopt that philosophy. And for us, it's always been uh, why we follow the Montessori pedagogy, and it's imbibed in us at least as far as the thought process goes. That along with foundational literacy and numeracy, uh, the social emotional is is not add on. It's part of the system. So these are three things which are very closely integrated with each other with the Literacy University and the social portion. And uh, it's amazing to see that if if a child in a remote area can do it, then yes, every child in India can get to that with just the right environment, with just the right hand-holding to some extent. So it's great to see some of these videos as proofs of yes children can do it absolutely
1: and one of the questions that people always still ask me which initially i used to ask myself not anymore is fine you do this up to eight six and then what they have to go back to the same system right so at the beginning it used to bother me a lot Uh, but then now i know that you know we definitely give them a much better uh, launch
0: you yeah. know, into their academic life than any Absolutely. other school. Yeah. The quality programs in early years definitely reduces the dropout rate in class 5, there's just yes. no doubt about it. So it's a lifetime, a lifetime uh, foundation that they're getting, it's not just for mm-hmm. these 3 years which is, which is great to see. Um, and uh, finally, Lakshmi, I want to really talk about uh, this model that you adopted. So we've always felt at know that, uh, you know, this is a model that's, that is sustainable, that, that can make sustainable change. Uh, in the children and this, the whole systemic change is needed, not small pieces which is what uh, you have adopted to a large extent. Um, you want to share some experiences and terms of why you chose this model sure. versus others? Sure, so like you said, one choice was to run a chain of
1: preschools. Yeah. Uh, the rule book says that preschools have to be run on the ground floor, no first floor. And rural India, unlike your universities like Bangalore and things like that, people don't just have two, three houses. One, you know, couple of them for as an investment and one to live in, kind of yeah. thing. Right? Mostly people live in that one house that they oh, own. Nice. Space itself was a constraint. And when you run three schools, uh, there's a lot of options one has to get. Right. And uh, every year they have to be renewed. So it's a lot of administrative work. And it was, uh, I thought, it'll take us away from the core of what our focus is on early childhood education right and i didn't want to sort of uh, lose focus and then we're handling so many other things as well and then child safety so i said let's do the amirwadi thing because the space is available the children are available and then um you know it's a setup that's been running for for years from the 70s and the worker and the helper they know the village and they're there to take care of the personal needs of the children and the safety so our budget also goes down right so we just focus on something that uh, only yeah. we can give, right? right. So that we are better at, or something yes. like that. And then we started following that. Right. It, I, know I know a lot of NGOs um, prefer to do capacity building. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would be ideal to have the anganwadi worker or staff member trained in the long run, mm-hmm. and for them to run it, right? To make them run it. Now, at least to begin with, we definitely didn't want to go that way because, um, like I said, the anganwadi worker is quite Aussie. busy. With it's a lot of uh, yes. work, and they. A, a little bit of uh, support is definitely yeah. useful and, and when we hire our own teachers and send them then I have a much better quality control yeah. on the quality of what we are trying to develop. Interesting to ask this question because in Kolar, when we launched uh, in five Anganwadi centers, the DC and the CEO of the district came and they said we want to um, help our own uh, or empower our own Anganwadi workers yeah. and I said yes we can do it. Uh, then we talked about a pilot wherein we take about five centers where the Ananwadi worker is motivated and she's keen on doing it, and then we, yeah. we when that becomes a success, and then we roll it out something like that. So it, I mean, there are a lot of things that need to be addressed before we get into something like that. But yeah, there is some talk about it, but we're still a little away from that.
0: Really, quite a story, Lakshmi. And uh, I think we have so many more uh, stories to share, but it's been great hearing. Uh, Lakshmi's journey, uh, the stories and snippets that we sometimes get to hear from each of her centres. She does share with us regularly some of these very, very heart-touching stories sometimes, sometimes difficult stories and sometimes really inspirational stories. Um, So I hope all of you enjoyed listening to Lakshmi's journey. It's it's quite unique and I know a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, especially a lot of women entrepreneurs out there, uh, want to get on to this um, journey of their dream of starting a preschool starting an early education center, working in education in some way, contributing in some way. So we hope to bring you a lot more interesting episodes like this one. And um, yeah, do subscribe to our channel if you want to learn more. Thank you for listening in to us.